Welcome to 10 Meaningful Minutes. My name is Lori Lacombe. I'm Healthy Schools Coordinator here in Douglas County School District, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Erin Reagan, our, one of our mental health leads of counselors here in Douglas County. How you doing today, Erin? I'm great, Lori. I'm great. It's good to yeah, see you. Yeah, it's great you. to be here. We're lucky you, you brought your friend again today, John Widmeyer from Littleton Public Schools, who's the mental health coordinator there, is joining us today with his words of wisdom. So we're so glad you're with us today, John. Welcome. Oh, thank you guys for having me back. It's great to be here again. So Aaron, yeah. we were brainstorming some podcasts and you came up with such a great idea for today. So you want to go ahead and share the topic with our listeners? Absolutely. We are going to talk about advocating for your kids during COVID when a sticky situation arises. And so I think everyone's very aware of the fact that this is a tumultuous time. Our education and the way that it's delivered is completely different than how it's been previously. We have students that are completely e-learners. We have hybrid learners. At this moment, most of our schools are in remote learning. And so this has created a lot of turmoil. And I think for a lot of families, it's it's been a rough go educationally. And so the core of the question is, how do you advocate during this time for your student when they need help or they've run into a wall and so that's that's the topic for today that I that I thought might be helpful. I love it. It is right on target. I we're but all three of us were parents and we're professionals and uh, and we've had a lot of experiences around it this year from both angles. So I think this is a really important topic, Erin. Oh, thanks, Lori. Thanks. Yeah. So I thought I thought it might be helpful for uh, our parent listeners out there to maybe share two perspectives because we're all parents with students in Douglas County. We're all professionals in the field who navigate difficult situations and kind of serve as liaisons between parents and the school. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that maybe we could just start with some basics. My background is that I, I worked as a high school counselor for 12 years before entering this role. The thing that I came away with and something that I would often share with my students is self-advocacy is more important than intelligence. People who self-advocate really well tend to navigate situations in a way that really helps them in life. I can speak, you know, putting on my parent hat now, we have a third grader and when he entered kindergarten, and he would come home and, and share problems he was having, we would talk with him about how he could self-advocate. We would really, really work with him to solve his own problems. And we would only intervene when he hit a wall and he really needed help. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I can tell you that takes an incredible amount of self-discipline is that hopefully you have a student that is working on those skills. And so, one of the scenarios that we've seen that has come up a lot with the situation that we're in right now is around grades. And it's really hard because kids are navigating multiple systems. Sometimes it's Google Classroom, sometimes it's Canvas. Within that, there are a number of different ways that students are gaining curriculum, you know, and Cleaver might be part of that. But I think in that, there's tech problems. Sometimes kids can't 
open assignments. Sometimes they can't watch videos. Sometimes they're not sure what to do. Other times kids get overwhelmed and they don't get everything done. And I think that this is a situation that we have seen a lot. So the scenario that I'm gonna throw out, and this is, this is hypothetical, but I think it's relative, is you have a student that's failing and they go to their parents or their parents more often go to the student when they check the portal and they say, oh, you're, you're failing three classes. This is terrible, why? And I think that sometimes students out of a desire to not get in trouble and maybe out of shame, maybe they're not entirely honest about it, you know? Or maybe there is a legitimate situation that the student's been trying to navigate in good faith. But I think from a parent perspective, it's really important to take a breath. And I'm gonna pass it over to John. See, John, if you do you have any ideas about how a parent might proceed from this point? Great question. This is a very real life situation here and, and a real life scenario. And no parent wants to think, first of all, no, we're not calling anyone's children liars in any of this. Uh, and, and every parent will believe their kids and should believe their kids. I think it's just the matter of perspective of knowing you're getting one side of the story. And so the old idea of seek first to understand and then be understood, it would be great to call and just start by asking questions and, and, and to find out, well, what happened? And this is what I understand happened and really present your side and seek to understand. There's always another side to the story, whether it's uh, children interacting with children, adults interacting with children, adults interacting with adults. Uh, there's always another side to the story. And so it's important to try to get as, as much information as you can. And then uh, typically that can come in the form of a phone call or, or sending an email. We practice something in our house whenever we're responding to a hot email or we're writing a hot email where, where somebody's upset we will uh, sometimes pause, write it, and then maybe wait a little bit longer before we send it just to make sure that it's not coming from an emotional place. Sometimes I'll even ask my wife or she'll ask me, can you take a look at this? I'm trying to come at this from a non-biased or a, a level-headed position. And, and so sometimes getting another set of eyes on it can help because the last thing we want to do when we send an email like that is put somebody on the defensive. If you put a, a school official or a parent or anyone on the, or a child for that matter, on the defensive, then the, the conversation will really end there. And so the last thing we wanna do is back people into a corner, make accusations. Uh, so really trying to seek first to understand, then be understood is just a great general rule for, for whenever you're trying to communicate with the school, with your child or, 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 or with anybody else. Just experiencing this in our own house as well is really tapping into your own patience and understanding it all cannot happen at once. Teachers, counselors, they work with multiple children, multiple families, multiple staff members, and to expect an immediate response within 10 minutes. And, and they're all navigating new waters as well. I mean, I, it's been really interesting because I've had two students in hybrid and one student in e-learning and both situations have involved such a transformation of how schools operate. 
who, who answers what questions? Who does this go to? Who's responsible? And really just tapping into your patients and, and realizing this is a small part of the whole big picture. Um, I've had to talk myself into that a few times and just maybe just walk away, take the dogs for a walk, think about it, marinate in it, and then respond. Because what you, I love what you said, like, we don't want to put anyone on the defensive because I don't know anyone who isn't trying their hardest right now in education. Anybody, principals, teachers, counselors, the nutrition services, where everyone's busting, just trying to make it work for everybody. So um, I think I would, that's what I would love to add to this, to let parents know, just be patient with this system. Everyone's trying and it's all going to be okay in the end. It really is. It's it's a good reminder every now and again, just to remember that we're in a once in a century global <laughs> pandemic <laughs> and and nobody, <laughs> nobody was necessarily prepared. Well, there might've been a small subset of the population that was prepared for this, but they're prepared for zombie attacks and everything else. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's something that we're all to your point, Lori, we are all struggling through this together. And so to remember, as much as we can, because all of our patients has been worn down. We're asked to be teachers and parents and work from home and everything's bleeding together. Screen time that we fought to keep kids away from for so <laughs> long is now, you know, the norm for six to seven hours a day. And so the, the world is is upside down right now. And it just but just to give a little bit of grace and remember to try to keep that humanity is such a powerful powerful reminder right now for everybody involved. So Aaron, on all our podcasts, you seem to always have a really good story that's relevant to what we're chatting about. Did, did you come prepared with the story today? I do have a story, Lori, and I don't know how directly relevant this is. Years ago, I used to teach divorce classes, parents who were going through divorce. And in that class, I would ask everyone the question, why do people fight? My answer is that 95% of the time people feel disrespected. I think so much of our conversation here relates to this idea of humanity and just showing respect. And so I think sometimes educators don't always feel respected. A strategy that, uh, that my wife and I always try to use is that we always try to show respect and appreciation for the fact that the job teachers are doing is incredibly complex right now. You know? And so my, my story is that I lived in Japan, in, in Tokyo, for a couple of years, and I worked at an international school, which was in central Tokyo. And you know, the parking in Tokyo is, is really tight. And we had, a, we had a car and we had a parking spot. But the way that the parking works is that it's kind of first come, first serve. And I had to go run an errand uh, during the day. And so I got in my car and as I was leaving, the attendant asked me if I was going to be back. And I said, yeah, I'll be back, you know, in 40 minutes. So he put a cone in my spot. And when I returned, the parking lot was totally full. My spot was still there and, and I, I pulled in. And as I was walking into the building, I noticed that there was a gentleman sitting in his car with the engine running. And then I noticed who the gentleman was. 
And it's a very famous major league baseball player who came to the U.S. and played in the major leagues. At this moment, he had just been inducted into the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame. This had happened like a week before. And he's probably a future MLB Hall of Famer here in the U.S. So this guy's like a living legend in Japan. Everyone knows him. He's a true celebrity. And I thought to myself, how incredible is it that the parking attendant didn't give my spot to this guy? And then I realized he never would because he's not an educator. He may be a living legend, but he's not an educator. And this is very reflective of how educators are treated in Asia. So I was in Japan for two years and then I returned to my, uh, my previous high school here in Douglas County. And on the first day of school, I pulled into the parking lot and I couldn't find anywhere to park. And the reason why is that they had allocated more parking spots to students <laughs> and given away a portion of the faculty lot. So for me, this just activated my reverse culture shock in a major way. And I walked into the building and my principal welcomed me back. It's so great to have you. How are you doing today? And I, and I had one of those moments and I said, I'm not doing very well. I don't have anywhere to park. And if I'm going to work here, I need a place to park. And he said, oh, well, you just park in the visitor lot as much as you want. And I said, okay, thanks. And so I continued to do that for a number of months until they came to me and said, you can't park in the visitor lot any longer. But I think that the, the whole experience, the, the lesson that I kind of took from it is that respect is so important. So that's, that's just kind of the thought that I'd like to like to leave with. John, did you want to add anything more to this topic before we say goodbye to our listeners today? Uh, I only just uh, as we're recording this, this is the holiday season as, as we're moving forward into this. And so I think a lot of that respect, that humanity, that grace goes hand in hand with the holiday season as far as really try to look for the best in people and just encourage people to to do that, to, to be good to each other, and just try to look for the good things every day if you can. Wonderful ending note. Thank you for joining us, John. And listeners, thanks for joining us for 10 Meaningful Minutes.